Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast for Amazon sellers. It's Kirsty and Isaac here again. And in this 11th part of our continuing series, we're going to talk about how to free up your time to accomplish the key task in your business. So as a CEO, you can have a business that runs incredibly well with or without you, and you maintain your sanity without feeling like a slave to the business. Many of us can be forgiven for assuming that when you have a business, you have to put all of your own time, money, and effort into the business without a day off or without paying yourself first. Many gurus call this the grind or the hustle. Now, we're not saying you don't have to put the time and effort in, but if you start with this formula, then it can become a bad habit and have big detrimental consequences, causing burnout and actually stopping you to grow. By starting out with a vision and running an auto biz where your business runs in a streamlined, systematic way, where each person in the business has roles assigned and the biz can operate without you, which means you'll have great CEO habits from the start. So today we are going to talk about how you can grow your business by freeing up your time so you can focus on the growth tasks you need to achieve your goals. That's right. So in terms of that vision, we do have an episode on how to set the vision for the business. I think that's episode 57. We'll probably put that in the notes below as well, right? So people can refer to that. But really, it's really about setting that first vision and creating good habits right from the start that's got that auto biz in mind. And what we mean by the auto biz is basically the business is running without you. You can go away for like four weeks. And in some instances, five years, that's one of our mentors. Um, he, tell, he tells us that, right? That's what we're still striving towards. But essentially, you know, you want that business to run so that you can actually take a holiday and take some proper time off. Because even though this business, we say we want to travel the world and we're going to do all this cool stuff as we all have done. But it doesn't mean to say that you're not going to look at your seller central account, right? It doesn't mean to say that you're not going to still have to kind of set up some shipping plans and all that other stuff. So yeah, you're not stuck in an office and you're not stuck at a desk, but you've still got that business on your mind. And so ideally what we want is in the future for you not to have it on your mind and have everybody else running it. So just to kind of show you an antithesis of that, really, you know, the grind, the hustle mentality is to get everything done by yourself. You know, you're going to work 80 to 90 hours a week on weekends, on holidays, on Christmas, you know, you're going to crawl over broken glass you're going to stop all your fun activities. You're never going to go out again, right? You're never going to watch Netflix. You're even going to stop all the Christmas presents for your family. Like somebody actually said that to us the other day. That's, you know, that was their vision. And it's not to say that that's not, you know, commendable because you really, really, really want it, right? But it's not sustainable, right? There's also that other kind of track of, I'm going to get up at 4 a.m., I'm going to do three hours of work and I'm going to be like Hercules or the whatever, right? You know, before everybody else gets up. And if you're not doing that, then you're not committed enough. And that's just not the case. Now, if you want to do it and you want to get a head start, happy days, right? But don't do it because you feel like that's what you need to do to be successful. And we're also not saying here that that approach doesn't work. I mean, it, it can work, right? It does. I mean, people have had success or we'll call it success doing that. Yeah, you're going to make money. You're going to make some strides. But is it actually the result that you want, right? So if you start with that first, you're going to end up burnt out, like Isaac said, right? But if you start first with the lifestyle goal in mind, we don't really want to spend all of our time in our businesses and never do anything else or have any other relationships other than just like talking to our, ourselves in our business all day, right? Even though we still enjoy growing it. 
So the approach that we like to um, make sure that we take in our business is number one, we want to first understand, you know, what are the core things that make the business work and then quickly develop a process around them so that it's easily outsourced. And then also what we want to do is take ourselves out of menial tasks and roles as quickly as humanly possible, right? So people get caught out here and outsource things that they know nothing about and don't have any clear objectives. So personally, we were going to, we would recommend that you know, do everything at least once, right? There's not to say you're going to come into this business, outsource the whole thing and hope you're going to have a million dollars at the end of it, right? It, it doesn't work that way. But do everything at least once and then record yourself doing it and understand the goal of doing it and then outsource and delegate. We're going to go through that a little bit today about how to do that. And we don't mean a year down the track of doing this or even six months, right? We mean as soon as you can create a process for something, we're going to hire out those tasks and we've talked about this in a previous episode as well about really understanding what are the tasks that you can do straight away and outsource and then how do you actually elevate yourself to be that CEO in the business so the key things that we're going to talk about today is how to create processes basically for tasks that you don't want to do pretty much straight away also then how to hire a plus talent to take bigger tasks off your plate and that's like bigger roles in your business as your business grows you want to get you know, key roles in the business so that you can actually grow the business. Also then how to build a system of processes that help you manage those people and bigger projects. And then how to up-level yourself in the business and really become that true CEO that we all want to be. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest end goal of this whole series, right? Is to basically scale and, and process and systemize everything in your business. So that way you can actually spend the time as a, what most people consider a legitimate CEO, not doing the day-to-day stuff, but actually doing the big high level, you know, projects or uh, managing or just, you know, guiding the ship. You don't even really have to be working every single day. And as we talked about in previous episodes, you definitely want to make sure you're not doing tasks that don't help grow your business as soon as you're able to put a system in place to hire out for those tasks. So basically, if it's not something that you feel is growing your business, make a process right away and then start to hire as soon as you can. It doesn't cost a lot to hire out if the systems and processes are in place with documentation on how to do the work. So there's kind of like, three steps here that I kind of basically say, here's what you kind of want to do. First, I would say write out the systems and processes for each task that you're going to do. That's not helping you grow the business. So this might be something like, you know, you're, you're tracking your metrics or you're doing your customer service, write out processes. You can also use video software like Loom to capture your screen while you complete the task as well. So that way anyone can watch the video and just see exactly what you do. You can create templates, you can create uh, standard operating procedures or SOPs, basically step-by-step documents for this. And then basically what you do is you take that, that, that procedure, that documentation, and then you go out and you post a, a job posting on sites like Upwork or FreeUp, and that's FreeUp with three E's, to hire freelancers who can work, you know, maybe one to two hours per day at reasonable rates so that you may only be paying $200 to $300 per month for an employee to systematically accomplish some of your tasks for you. Now, this is what literally every time I've ever started a business on Amazon, I do it pretty much within the first couple of months because you just get kind of burnt out doing the same menial tasks. But there's a lot of people out there that want to make a couple extra hundred bucks a a month. And it could be in any country in the world because you're hiring virtually most of the time anyway. So you get these people to to accomplish these tasks for you and you don't have to sit there and do this brain dead work. And and they're happy to do it because they just they're looking to supplement their income. Now, essentially, you go through a hiring process. And for these these kinds of work, it doesn't have to be super in-depth, but I would still say you want to filter out poor applicants. You might want to do a few interviews and stuff like that. But you definitely, because you're going to have that documentation of exactly how to do the process, you'll learn pretty quickly if this is the right candidate for your for your job 
if they can do the task without you having to explain it multiple times. But basically, you give the new hire the training documentation to go through, and you guide them the first week or two. And from there, they should be good to go. And the process is done daily, and you don't have to worry about it ever again. So um, yeah, we have talked about this in a previous episode, but this is kind of the first step in getting to the fourth step of, of, you know, kind of the CEO part. And that's where we want to dig into a little bit more today and not just the outsourcing of simple tasks, but how to actually grow the business by, by hiring new roles and everything like that and how to manage the business as you grow. Yeah. And like you said, you know, we don't want to be doing this 12 months down the track because the sooner you can start to do it, then you're going to kind of exercise that hiring muscle, right? You're also going to exercise your leadership muscle. And it's always good to do that with, with someone who, is in the business, maybe a couple of hours a day, like you said, you know, it's not, you're not going to have a lot of pressure that those people are still going to need your guidance. They're still going to need your leadership, but you also kind of get to practice a little bit as well and kind of figure out how people work, how people tick, you know, what makes things easier for them, what makes things easier for you and kind of figure out your leadership style as you, as you go. So the sooner you, the sooner you can do it before you get a bigger business, the better, because as your business grows, you will not only want to take off some of the daily tasks that aren't helping you grow off your plate, but then, you know, when you get around to that probably $1 million mark per year, you're then starting to expand, right? You've got great profit coming back in, hopefully, into the business, and you're thinking about growth. And there's going to be a couple of key roles that you might want to think about bringing into the business and helping you step up as a CEO. And the two key pivot points um, that we found um, are really good ones to start bringing into the business is Number one, brand management. And I'll go into a little bit about what that is. And then number two is supply chain management. And these are going to be the things right now that most people that are listening to this podcast are doing on a daily basis anyway. So when you think about you and your business, you're probably spinning, you know, 25 plates, right? And we've talked about this, about putting your CEO hat on first, and then you'll probably put your supply chain management hat on, and then you'll put your listing development hat on or whatever, right? But basically they can fall into two areas. So one is managing the product from when it actually gets produced and make sure that it gets all the way to Amazon, which is becoming a lot, you know, more complex now, right? I would say. And then you've got the stuff when it gets to Amazon and the product development and all that stuff. And that's really your brand management. So we'll start there, right? So a brand manager will help you as a CEO manage the day-to-day actions across your selling platforms, whether you're on amazon.com, .co.uk, wherever, right? So things like product selection, listing development, keyword research, all your metrics tracking, you know, and all that kind of stuff, right? Basically everything that we start doing in our business when we're growing it, then your job as a CEO is to manage that brand manager and set the vision and the growth targets for where, how you want to grow the business. So think of it this way, instead of doing the work, you are working with your brand manager to set the vision and then make sure that the work actually gets done, right? So everything that you're doing right now in your business that can be done by, guess what, one other person <laughs> that is hired and they've already got some experience, maybe not in Amazon, but they've already got some experience in brand management, project management. That's really a good kind of good place to start. And then the second role is supply chain, which is a very critical role as you scale. We are an inventory-based business. We are managing you know, logistics. We're managing products, trying to get into Amazon and different kind of solutions as well at the moment. So... Most of us don't actually come into this business to manage supply chain, right? We're not logistics managers. We don't like working with 3PLs and sorting all that crap out. Now, there are probably a couple of people that really love that stuff. But 
it's not a role that we really love doing usually as, a, as an entrepreneur. It's almost like a necessary, necessary evil, right, for most of us. And I know some people love it and I'm not dissing the people that do because it's a very important role. Um, but usually as a CEO, we need to kind of start taking ourselves out of that. So sometimes what we can do is if we are an expert in something or if something that we really enjoy, we just usually like to continue to do that because we like doing it. But really as the CEO, we want to be setting that vision. And so we want to be getting more experts in that can do a better job than us, right? So as we start to add on products, more marketplaces, we can end up basically spending time managing this stuff rather than focusing on where the growth is actually going to come from. So like we said before, just really think of your role as setting the vision, looking for growth opportunities, you know, networking, developing the plan, and making sure the plan happens. That's what you need to do, right? That is going to be your job. And then what you want to do is delegate the key management task to what we're calling an A plus team to make sure it gets done. Now, at this stage, you probably don't want to be hiring, you know, someone for two hours a day, right? You want to be hiring people that have got expertise in this area and that can do it better than you. And then what you're really going to be good at is working with them to make sure that shit happens, basically, at the yep. end of the day, make sure it gets done. That's really how you start to leverage your time and your brain power as a CEO and how then the business starts to grow a lot faster, right? But you need to kind of get to that point first. But the reason we want you to kind of have this vision is that this should be part of your three-year vision when you're growing your business on Amazon. So even if you're not there yet, really have this objective in mind for when you get to that point. And in the same way that you plan your product launches, you need to start planning out the leverage points or the roles in your business, right? So what you want to do is get very clear on what duties in the business that you manage and oversee that is going to be the bottleneck of scaling the business, whether that is now or in the future. And we've kind of listed the two there, right? And there's a lot of things underneath those two roles. But if you kind of see them as specific roles in their own right, and then you'll be able to see underneath those roles what kind of tasks you're going to start to outsource to those, to those people as you start to hire them. And as Isaac said, if you start developing those processes now, doing the Loom videos, you know, just figuring out what you do every day and start to document it, it's going to be a lot easier then to actually outsource it or, you know, bring someone in and they're going to be able to pick up the job, you know, pretty well. Yep. So get clear instructions and processes in place on how those things can be done by someone other than yourself. And then when it's time, you want to, what we call hire slow. What that means is, is that you want to be very, very particular about the type of people that you want to actually bring into the business because these are going to be pretty big roles in the business. So we talked about, you know, getting outsourcing quick. For these types of roles, you want to do a more detailed vetting process to hire good talent, right? And this could include what we call a hiring funnel. So this is how it could pretty much go, right? So set up a job posting on a more professional site. So we talked there about, you know, Upwork or free up, et cetera. But maybe you want to go to more of a site like monster.com or indeed.com where kind of professionals hang out, even on LinkedIn or places like that, right? Then what you want to do is have applicants complete tasks in order to filter out the bad applicants. So number one, of course, you're going to interview them, but you actually want to give them, you know, one of the videos that you've done and say, okay, here's a listing. Here's how you, we actually think about listings. Here is how we actually think about, you know, um, we actually have to look for keywords and, and give them the, the outline of the process and actually get them to improve one of your listings. That could be, you know, one of the things that you could get them to do. And you can see how they actually approach that task. And as a brand manager, 
they should already have this built in them, right? So that's what you want to be hiring for is someone who's already a brand manager, probably for another business, not necessarily an Amazon business, but they would understand marketing. They'd understand the ideal client. They would understand project management. And so um, they should be able to pick these things up pretty quickly. If they either don't do the task, right? Um, you can filter them out pretty quickly. If they do it badly, you know that they're not probably going to be a great fit for the business. And then you also want to make sure that you offer a competitive salary. So a great way to do this is to look up an equivalent role on salary.com. And usually it's going to be between, for these types of roles, 60 to 80,000 US dollars per year. Now, you might be like, oh my God, that is a lot of money, which it is. But once you've got to this level of the business, you should have that cash flow coming back into the business. And this is not to scare you off right now. It's just to say, this is the kind of thing you should be planning for. So in the same way that we plan for cash flow for new products and things like that, if you can start thinking of this now, then you're going to be able to be, a, you know, put that into your plan and say, well, I'm going to need that type of money to be able to hire into that business. Because again, remember, you're going to free up your time so that you can actually do more projects that bring more value back to the business. And that's what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, once you've got that sorted and you've got the salary sorted and everything, we then still want to continue to filter the best applicants. And we really like to do, you know, video interviews for this. If you've got anybody else in the business that they're going to be working with, it's always great to bring them in at this, this point of the process, because if the rest of the team members are not really, that, you know, they're not kind of like fully um, convinced by the person that you're going to hire, then that's probably not a good fit either, right? And then you want to choose the best hire and onboard them with all the training and orientation that you need in their business. And these types of roles and these types of people in these roles are going to be looking for how are they going to be able to grow within the company, which is really important that you've got that vision so that you can show them, you know, how they're going to be leveraged, how they're going to be able to grow in the company and how they're going to be able to help you. Because these types of people are actually going to be very, very motivated by that type of stuff as well. Yeah. And you can see, obviously, how this is different level of you know, getting your first few tasks outsourced for a couple hundred bucks a month versus getting a big chunk of your business outsourced for, you know, $60,000, $70,000 a year, right? An annual salary. And obviously you're not going to pay them all in one chunk. So it's not like your, your cash flow is going to be completely drained by paying them. You'll pay them out obviously thousands of dollars a month, but it's not going to be, you know, it might be five, $6,000 a month or whatever it is. You're not talking about, you know, paying them a chunk of $25,000 here, $25,000 there, $25,000 there. So, it's, it is scary to hire somebody, but when you think about the, obviously the opportunity that it presents of you not having to do all that stuff anymore. And if your business can actually afford to run with that, you're going to find yourself being able to scale much faster than you've ever been able to before. So it's, it's a business on steroids basically, because now you have two or three capable people that can essentially do everything that you want to do in the business. So one of the things we always talk about is, man, if you can only clone yourself, well, if you can clone yourself by essentially hiring the good talent that that does everything the way you want them to, then essentially you have done that. And, you know, obviously you obviously want to pay yourself more than your highest paid employee, but, you know, you don't have to pay yourself whatever, like Walmart CEOs where they make like 360,000 times or more than their employees or whatever it is. But <laughs> um, you'll pay yourself more. But, you know, the idea here is that you're going to be able to scale and grow the company versus just outsourcing tasks and still having to manage every little detail about the business. Yeah. So, and one, I was just going to say, I think one thing as well, you know, we obviously, obviously talked about two key roles there. Now people might freak out and go, well, I can't afford to pay two people that amount of money. Right. <laughs> and so just think about what is the area that you need the most help with or the one that you really 
don't enjoy doing. I would probably say most people don't like enjoy the supply chain management piece. And that role probably can start part-time, I would think, to, to start with. Um, and then as you grow and get more products and more 3PLs and all that other stuff, then it, you know, it might grow to a full-time position. So just, it doesn't have to be a full-time role either, right? You can find people, hire them on a part-time basis, and then with the opportunity to then go to full-time and, and kind of make sure that you put that into the hiring process as well. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, that's product development and supply chain is like my least favorite part of the Amazon business. So that's literally before I even start any brands, I start with a sourcing agent that helps me at least, you know, cut about 50% of the work out of that. And, you know, I still have to send shipping plans and I have to do a couple other things, but all the sourcing, all the negotiation, all that stuff is taken off my plate. And that's the stuff that I really, really dislike about the business. So for anybody who's like me, that would be the very first thing you outsource probably even before that you get any products going. Cause that is a time suck in itself. Like you will spend so much time trying to get prices negotiated you know, contact factories, get your products, you know, even discovered and sourced and, and negotiated and sampled and all that stuff. You'll spend so much time doing that, that essentially you'll probably get burned out on the business before you even get started. So it, this, like, like I said, if it wasn't for that, you know, getting that sourcing agent to at least help mitigate a lot of that effort there, I wouldn't even be able to sell on Amazon because I wouldn't have the patience for it. Yeah, no. And it, it, it totally, like you said, circumnavigates all of that stuff while you can be then working on your listings and all the marketing stuff, yeah. right, that we need to be able to sell. But then as you grow, as you're managing, you know, supply logistics, if you like, so shipping across and and, and also your financial shipping costs yeah. and stuff like that, you know, it's a big important role in the business because you want to be able to manage those costs. But to try and get loads of different quotes and do all that kind of stuff and manage it as part of your business, then having someone that can do that for you is going to be you know, it's going to take a lot of that time off your plate. And they almost yeah. act a bit like a COO a little bit as well, which really helps you again, because most marketers, most sales and marketing, you don't want to think about the numbers, right? We don't want to yeah. think about the numbers. We just want to think about the growth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then obviously, as you start to grow the business even further, you're going to start to notice that you'll struggle to manage it all without some processes and tools in place to help you communicate projects and tasks accordingly. So, you know, this happens in every business that I seem to be involved with. At some point, it gets to like this, you know, fever pitch of growth where it's like, Hey, let's just hire 10 people all at once kind of thing. And it's like, Oh, that wasn't the right thing to do, but we needed the people at the time. So it was like, let's just hire a bunch of people. Um, but essentially basically what you got to do is, is you got to scale at the, the level that your business can scale. Don't think like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to scale faster than we, we, we can afford right now because then we can scale faster and faster. Once we get those people, that's not usually how most businesses actually operate. And when you scale faster in your workforce, then the actual revenue and profitability of your business skills, then your cash flow gets really, really tight. And then everything starts to get sucked away. So um, basically what you want to do is you want to make sure that you're scaling at the right level. Um, I think the main thing that we we've kind of come to the, the realization, Kirsty, is that like get the sales and the profitability first. And then if you see, start to see that it's more unmanageable, then that's when a good time to hire is because it's like, yeah. all right, this is getting a little too much to manage. So let's get another person in here. Cause that's, that's probably the best time to do it. Not like the opposite way around, like let's hire first. You know, the, if you build it, they'll, they will come, you know, if you get the team, the sales will come. It's usually not that way. You got to get the sales first and then get the team. I think is, is probably the best way to do it. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. we, we've run into both scenarios, right? And we've hired, we've hired to help grow. But then the problem with that is, is that you're relying on 
potentially outsourcing some of the stuff in the business that and the people are not in your business so that's number one and then number two when you hire into the business then you've you've got mouths to feed and you've got responsibilities and so what you're doing then is you're kind of you're kind of growing to pay those people first and then you don't get paid right and so you that's definitely what you don't want to do um So uh, we've done both both scenarios. We've learned a lot, I think, along the way, which is why we're saying to you right now, after eight years in business, that definitely, you know, work first, understand the roles, and then get the profit in, and then but then have it quickly on your plan to then, yeah, yeah now's the time to do it for sure. Yep. And then basically, once you get the team, so say you got you know sourcing agent, you got a, a virtual assistant here, you got a brand manager, you got a supply chain manager. Once you get that team, you're going to need some sort of internal communication tool. And what we usually use is, is a, a tool called Slack. It's basically a chat platform. Um, it's a pretty good one to help teams communicate with each other. And you can add what they call channels to help you stay on specific topics within those channels. So, you know, we do this even for our coaching company. Um, emails, a good way to start. But once you get probably past three or four people, you're going to need to communicate more effectively to the group at once. And it's it's more like, you know, live time instead of email. And then you wait another day and then you get a response. And then another day, like email is a lot slower. Um, it's funny. Cause you know, they say snail mail, which is like sending a letter through the mail is slow, but it feels like the, the more technologically advanced we get email seems like snail mail these days. Um, whereas if you got a live chat function, um, that you can communicate with your team and include everybody in that channel, then it's a very clear and easy way to communicate that. So um, that's the one that we use pretty frequently. Um, there's plenty of other ones out there, whichever one fits your budget and fits your purpose. That's totally fine. Um, that's just the one that I know us and quite a few entrepreneurs use these days. Uh, and then basically you want to pretty much make sure that you have a routine meeting with the whole team, if possible, to ensure that big issues don't slip through the cracks and to communicate deadlines and projects clearly. Um, this is one thing that uh, we've, we picked up. I think it was from, um, what is it, EOS and Traction, the, the books by uh, those guys. Um, what the heck is EOS? I think is the one that's called and then Traction. Basically, it's you have L10s, which are level 10 meetings, people that need to be in the meetings to essentially um, plan what you need to do for a quarter. And then you kind of follow up and make sure it's getting done every week. And if it's slipping through, uh, what needs to be done to kind of pick up the slack. So the idea here is that if you can have those kinds of meetings to really pick up and communicate the the projects and and plans, then you're going to hit those goals a lot more frequently, right? So it's like, if you just said, hey, Kirsty, you got 90 days to go out and get um, two products, you know, sourced and launched on Amazon. And you didn't follow up until day 89, what are the chances you think that's actually going to get done? It's not very likely, right? You'd be like, well, what have you been doing for the last 89 days? Oh, I've just been uh, working at my own pace, right? Like they don't really like, not everybody in your business is going to know exactly what what tempo you want the business to run unless you kind of have these weekly meetings or bi-weekly meetings or whatever it is. And then obviously as you go, you want to create more and more processes on how to manage the inner circle of your business. So not only do you have to create those processes of the tasks early on, But now you have to create the processes of how you manage the business and the people within it. So now more of your time will be spent on managing the people in the business rather than only focusing on the products. And if you can do this, if you can actually create the processes on how you manage a business, then guess what? You can hire somebody else to do that as well. And then you'll be able to get yourself organized each day by planning out what you need to accomplish first as a habit. And then that means you grow up to the the, the CEO level and you start to get higher and higher up and you start to kind of put people and layer people underneath you. 
And um, what's the, what the heck is that called? Like an integrator, basically. That's what, yeah. you know, that's the role that kind of fits in here right now at that's at this point is once you get yourself kind of leveled up and then you get all the processes below you filled out, then you have an, an integrator, a person who basically goes out and does all these, you know, um, management roles for you and then actually runs the business as you essentially. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you can start to really properly take time off the business because mm-hmm. like I said earlier, you know, even though we, you know, we travel, we travel a lot and, you know, we're not tied to a desk. Uh, we still have the business on our mind. We still have to manage stuff within the business. And the book always stops with us, right? Right now, because it's only us that's doing it, usually when we first started the business. And so that's truly when you are, you know, free of the business, if you like, um, but you're steering the ship. That's what you're doing. You're steering it and everybody's on board with you. You've set the vision and everybody wants to get to that awesome, you know, um, desert island <laughs> with you, right? Yeah. So you're going to have this massive party when, when you get there. That's how I like to think about it anyway. You've probably got, people have probably got their own analogies, but yeah, I just feel like we're on a, a massive boat going to an amazing party on a, <laughs> on a desert island. <laughs> so you don't want to just remain a daily worker or a manager of employees in your business, right? So as a summary, how do you then start to up-level yourself to get out of those roles? So like we said, you want to hire talented people with experience in each role. So as you, you know, as you start to get those roles and fill those spaces, so make sure that you get really good people. Like I said, hire slow. And if they're not cutting it, you've got to fire fast. I know that sounds like a cliche, but we've had it many instances where we've just let it ride on too long, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think everybody's kind of done that because we want to give people a chance, but usually if it's not working, it ain't ever going to work. So you have to get really good at detaching, you know, your kind of emotion around it. I'm sure the people that you work with are very, very nice, but it's not really helping you in the business. So you have to get really good at that as well. Make sure to delegate things that are not necessary for you to do. Right. So just get good at it. Like we said, hire first, um, you know, the smaller roles quickly, get good at delegation and practice. Outsource or hire qualified people to take on the growth projects for the company. So for an example, you can hire an Amazon advertising firm to help you grow your business so that you don't put your time and effort into, into that part as well, right? So that's another way that you can actually outsource a big thing of the business as well. Uh, someone that's an expert in there. But what you want to be able to do is make sure that they're aligned with your objectives in terms of what you want to achieve and that it's all aligned back to, you know, your, your profit at the end of the day, right? Also, as you keep moving on up in the company, make sure that you always document and process out what you do at each step so that you can hire someone to take that role straight away. And your goal is never to have to work in the business by having pretty much every position in the company filled, right? That's what you really want at the end of the day. Now, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but that's why we want you kind of to take this on board and have a think about when you're planning this stuff out and you're setting your visions and you're thinking about where do I want to be in three years time? This is a great place to start, right? You go away, and I think um, a great book is Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz, another great book by him, which is really all about that. It's like trying to get yourself out of the process of the business and take a four-week holiday without you touching it at all. And it yeah. sounds easy right now, but it's not as probably as easy as you think, especially as you kind of get into the grind and the hustle of the of the business, right? So don't get into those bad habits from day one. Yeah, and the, obviously the goal is there that 
you can take four weeks off and the business doesn't slow down. It actually grows in your absence, right? Like yeah. anybody could take four weeks off and be like, oh, you come back and your business is a mess, right? But that's not what you want. No, exactly. Uh, you don't want to be sat on the beach or wherever you go, you know, as you're hiking up the mountain or whatever, all right, being in the, I don't know, the Sistine Chapel and then going, getting a ping. Oh, your listing's down on Amazon. Can you sort it out? Like, yeah, no, right? That's not, that's not what we envision for ourselves when we're actually talking about a lifestyle business. Yeah. And I think a natural, uh, a natural problem for a lot of people, I know this was kind of my problem when I first started in business was outsourcing, not outsourcing, but delegating. Once you got things, once you hire somebody underneath you, it's like, you know what, I know that I'm going to be the best person that to do it. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Whereas you didn't need to do it. Like you're, you're probably not, it's not necessary for you to do it. And if you have somebody else do it, you could always just overview it and say, okay, is it good enough? And if not give them notes on it make them better. So that way you don't have to keep monitoring and micromanaging them. If you just keep taking the task on yourself, then what was the point of ever even hiring? You might be that kind of, uh, you know, work addicted person that isn't going to ever get that lifestyle goal if that's the case. So start delegate things, uh, delegating things, get really good at it, but then also get good at kind of growing the people underneath you and, and leading by example. So that way they can actually feel like they're growing as well, because if, if they don't feel like they're growing, uh, you know, I know I felt this as an employee. I'm sure you did, Kirsty, and I'm sure everybody that's here who was an employee has felt this. If you don't feel like you're growing and you're not part of the business, you don't really have much time in that business that you want to spend, right? So maybe after a year or two, you're already looking for a new employment opportunity or promotion, or you're just bored. You want to do something else, right? So um, keep that in mind when you're hiring for your employees is, is if you can keep them in an integral growing role in your business, then they'll actually stick with you longer and want to keep growing your business with you. So just keep that in mind. All right. So kind of just a recap of what everything we talked about today, you know, the first thing we talked about was how to create processes for tasks that you don't want to do. So, you know, kind of that simple outsourcing stuff. And then we talked about how to hire a plus talent to take bigger tasks or roles off your plate. And then obviously we talked about how to build a system of processes that help you manage the people and projects in your business. And then lastly, we talked about how to up-level yourself from the business to become a true CEO. And, and you know, in the ideal scenario, you're not even working in the, in the business on a day-to-day -day basis. You have every position filled in the company and you can basically run it through the vision and strategy and, you know, take a lot of vacation time if that's what you want to do. You know, reward yourself for all the hard work you put in. And so remember, guys, now that you're armed with this information, it's your job to implement it into your business and grow your business through action. Also, to get some free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fuel your lifestyle, head to GoTeamReal.com to download our free training today. And we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. And bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to GoTeamReal.com for some absolutely free training.